Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in the NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. There is a new legal challenge to the ACA in Texas. No, you're not having deja vu. There is another legal challenge coming out of the state of Texas, specifically challenging the ACA's preventative care mandate. Speaking of the ACA, HHS recently released a proposed rule that would revise Section 1557 of the ACA, which is the non-discrimination portion of the healthcare law. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, NAHU's Marcy Buckner is back to discuss all of this. Let's start by talking about this new case currently being considered by Judge Reed O'Connor over in the District Court for the Northern District of Texas. So can you provide folks some more details on this case? What exactly about the ACA is being challenged? So the ACA, through the essential health benefits, mandates that insurance carriers include coverage for certain preventive services. And these are things like high blood pressure checks, immunizations, flu shots, then going down to things like screenings for STDs, HIV preventive medicines, including PrEP, which recently hit the market within the past couple of years. And the reasoning behind covering these preventive services was to try to manage healthcare costs. And so if you were getting your flu immunizations, getting your flu shots and those were covered, then hopefully we're preventing you from getting the flu and having to have other care. So many of the pieces that are included in preventive care, like high blood pressure checks, making sure that you don't have heart disease and trying to catch that early. Also, cancer screenings are all ways that the ACA was attempting to try to manage healthcare costs, again, by catching any serious diseases early so that they could be treated and diagnosed. It's interesting that within the challenge here, and the the challenge is to the fact that these individuals are being forced under the individual mandate under the ACA to purchase plans that cover things specifically like STD screenings, the HIV PrEP medications, things that they feel violate their religious freedoms. And in the challenge, they're also saying that the requirements for what is defined as a preventive service weren't written by an entity that was at a high enough level to be able to put this into law. Because the EHBs, the 10 essential health benefits, the simple 10 were in the statute, And then it went to HHS and they went through rulemaking to really delve into each of those 10 categories and to determine what qualified as those different EHBs. And they're saying because 
It wasn't technically the secretary of HHS or Congress that wrote the specific language that was in these rules because it was staffers at HHS and other, quote, lower level employees that even though the EHBs and what was included in defining what was going to be in these different buckets did go through rulemaking, went through the regulatory process for comment periods, input from stakeholders, all of that before it was put into law and became a regulation. But they're saying because the secretary himself or herself didn't write this at the time, and it wasn't written by Congress, that it doesn't have the full weight of the law. So that's another argument that they're making here, aside from believing that having to pay for insurance coverage that covers things that they may not morally agree with, those are the two arguments that are really being made here. So as I mentioned earlier, Judge O'Connor from the Northern District of Texas heard this case earlier this week. Do you think that this case will make its way to the Supreme Court? like Texas v. ACA did? Well, I can't quite predict how far it will go if we'll see it reach the Supreme Court. However, Judge O'Connor has had a history of hearing these ACA challenges and ruling against the ACA. So it is very likely that he's going to rule in favor of the plaintiffs here and say that this does violate their religious freedoms and that because these staffers were not appointed by the president or elected officials that wrote the rule that then was approved by the secretary of HHS, amongst many others, before it went through um, as a proposed rule, received comments, and was revised before becoming a regulation. It is likely that he's going to rule in favor along with the plaintiffs. That will most likely lead to an appeal. I can't imagine that it wouldn't. Then it is going to really kind of be determined by the appellate court. Most of the time when we see cases going to the Supreme Court, it's because the lower courts don't have the same decision. In this case, with Judge O'Connor, who's likely to rule in favor of the plaintiffs, this goes to the appellate court and they rule in favor of upholding the ACA. If it is appealed again, because of those divergent decisions, those are usually the cases in which the Supreme Court does take them up because there were differences in opinions by the, by the two lower courts before getting to the Supreme Court. That is typically how many cases get to the Supreme Court. In this case, if we see an appellate court also ruling in favor of the plaintiffs and against the ACA, it is likely that the Department of Justice will still appeal this to the Supreme Court. And I think it would be likely that the Supreme Court would take it up, even with two lower court decisions uh, potentially in favor of the plaintiffs because of the impact that this would have on ACA plans. Like I mentioned, the the purpose behind covering preventive care of all different types is really to make sure that 
people are getting care as soon as a diagnosis can be made or to prevent an illness from happening. So this is really about the cost of care and not necessarily looking into the morality of certain services. So let's move on to the proposed rule that we mentioned at the top of the podcast. As I mentioned, this proposed rule is in regards to the non-discrimination section of the ACA. So can you talk a little bit more about how this proposed rule would revise this section of the ACA? Well, to quote one of John Green's favorite bands, the non-discrimination rule has been a long and winding road. So when the ACA passed in 2010, there were several sections that asked for different agencies to then write the rules, write the regulations on how certain pieces were going to work for the law to be implemented. Similarly to how the ACA asked HHS to write the rules on the essential health benefits, including those preventive services like we discussed earlier. One of the pieces that the ACA directed HHS to write were the non-discrimination rules. We waited a very long time for the non-discrimination rules to come out. I started with NEHU in 2012, and at that point, we were told any day now, any, any week now, any month now, the non-discrimination rules are going to come out. And there was a lot of interest in how it might impact employer plans. It took quite some time for the Obama administration to put together the non-discrimination rules to the point where they did not come out until 2016. So if you're keeping score at home, the ACA passed in 2010 and it took until 2016 for those non-discrimination rules to come out. And to summarize a rule that is several hundred pages long, Section 1557, as the Non-Discrimination Act is known as, prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, and disability in certain health programs and activities. So that was kind of the core pieces of what we saw in the 2016 rule. In 2020, the Trump administration released a proposed rule revising what the Obama administration had done with the non-discrimination rules. And it was really walking back a lot of the pieces regarding discrimination on the basis of sex, meaning sex orientation, gender orientation and identity, and other pieces that were previously protected under the Obama administration's rule. Now we're seeing the Biden administration step in and they are proposing an updated rule for the non-discrimination rules that will put a lot of what we saw under the Obama rules back in place. Some of this is a result of some recent court cases. One very recent, but another one that was a couple of years ago, the 2020 Bostock case that said that employers 
could not discriminate against an employee because they're gay or transgender. And this extended to employee benefits. So the Biden administration is trying to take what was in that Supreme Court decision and make sure that they're really codifying that when it comes to what needs to be included in coverage, what needs to be included and required in coverage by carriers. This is also an attempt we see in the non-discrimination rules There are sections that are amplifying telehealth and some other avenues of access. This is seen as a response to the Dobbs case to try to make sure that people are able to access treatment and possibly receive prescriptions via telehealth and other measures. So there is a lot more that is being kind of taken into consideration with these non-discrimination rules other than just trying to kind of reshape what the Trump administration did by suspending many of these protections. So there are many pieces going into consideration with this proposed rule other than just trying to kind of reinstate what was in the Obama administration's non-discrimination rule and going back and trying to reinstate many of the protections that were removed by the Trump administration. Will NAHU be submitting comments on this proposed rule? Yes, we will be commenting on this rule Other than inserting protections for different communities, there are a number of different pieces in this proposed rule. It's over 300 pages long. So this is by far a snapshot of the discussion, but what you're most likely to hear about. So we want to make sure that that you are updated on some of the highlights of the proposed rule and, and also to help you understand if you're questioning why We've had non-discrimination rules released in 2016, 2020, and now 2022. It is time for the NHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So Marcy, what are we toasting to this week? This week, we are toasting to Build Back Better, the reconciliation bill. I know we have been talking about it for a year now, but it looks like Congress is very close to getting this across the finish line, and most importantly, the uncertainty as to whether the increase in subsidies for ACA plans that were put in place under the American Rescue Plan Act will be resolved if this passes. I know many of you have been worried about being able to provide accurate premium determinations for your clients and not knowing whether these subsidies were going to be extended has has been very worrisome about making sure you know what consumers will be paying. So this week we are toasting to hopefully resolving that uncertainty very soon. On tap for next week, we'll walk you through all of the steps that it took to hopefully get to this final vote on reconciliation 
and some of the last minute negotiations that have been taking place here in DC. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.